this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Good morning. morning. It's good to be with you this first New Year's Sunday. And before I read the passage of scripture from Isaiah chapter 3 this morning, I wanted to give a little background on this chapter. I truly love Isaiah 43. I think it's some of the most beautiful and poetic words in all of scripture. I, I love the hope and promise of this passage and Maybe you've even noticed over the years now that I like to end almost every funeral I ever preside at with a passage of Isaiah 43. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, for I am the Lord your God. Beautiful words. I love, love the promises of this passage, the hope and the courage that through whatever we may face, rivers, fire, storms, that God is with us. It's a message that hearkens to the very Christmas celebration that we just celebrated, the Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, a Savior, one with us, that no matter what we face, he spends his ministry, his life, his breath is very death, showing us how far his love would go. And our passage from Isaiah 43 is later on past what I just read to you earlier. And it's written during the time of the Babylonian exile. This is, this is the land of Judah, the southern kingdom, where home to Jerusalem has been destroyed. The Babylonians have taken over. They've scattered God's people everywhere. Some are living in other nations with different languages and cultures and religions. Others have stayed in Judah that's now taken over by the Babylonians. To put it mildly, times were rough. The people wondered where God was and what their future would be. They no longer had a temple. Would their stories, their faith be forgotten? Would the people of Israel just fade away into the fabric of history. And it is into this point in history that the prophet Isaiah speaks to the people. Now we know prophets are known for shaking their finger and giving all kinds of woe is you or I told you so and or watch out kind of warnings. But Isaiah 43 is different. It actually begins with the typical opening of a prophet. Uh, thus, this is what the Lord says. But instead of warnings and proclamations, instead of shaming them and pointing out all the ways they failed, Isaiah offers a word of hope. Hope for what God has yet to do in their lives. And so I invite you to listen with me to these words this morning from Isaiah 43. I'm going to read in verse 16. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, 
the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Isaiah is referring to the pivotal story of the Jewish people. It's the story of Exodus, their escape from slavery in Egypt, where God parted the waters of the sea so that they could escape to freedom. It's the story that the people celebrate in Passover. Isaiah reminds them of this powerful story in verse 16 and 17, but then immediately changes course. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Prophets sure have a way of putting it bluntly. Do not dwell on the past. Isaiah gives a quick glimpse into what God has done, but then essentially says we can't stay there because God's going to do something new. Have you ever know someone who seems to just be caught up in the past, always focused on the good old days, or constantly looking back and comparing to things how they've changed and bemoaning how they've changed, or for whatever reason they have something in their life they just can't seem to let go of? Imagine how this experience of exile during the Babylonian empire's takeover must have felt to the people of Israel. They must have wanted to constantly look back to the days where they had their freedom, to the time where the temple was standing tall and beautiful, a place to worship. And Isaiah reminds them of some of the ways God has been faithful, but then says, we can't stay there. Don't dwell on the past, because we have to be ready to see the new things that God is doing in our future. You know, one of the great joys of being a pastor is the lessons that we get to learn from all of you in journeying through life and faith. And I remember someone who I knew who had uh, personally helped to care for an ex-husband of hers as he was dying from uh, long chronic health conditions. This is a man who had left her with three young children, mountain of debt and financial worries, had betrayed her countless ways, who had never been much of a father to their children, and they had been divorced for decades when she and her adult children decided to do this for him and help him. Now, I've known some good people, but when I heard that she had done this, I thought maybe she was trying to go for sainthood. And one day we were talking about this time in her life when she was helping him, and she essentially told me this is not a thing about her, that God helped her to do that, and it took her a long time to be able to get there. She mentioned that in the first early years after her divorce, she was so angry it consumed her. She said she actually felt almost numb and could not feel anything because the anger she felt was so big and all-encompassing in her life that she couldn't feel anything but that. 
And she said, one time it just finally dawned on me after years of harboring and carrying this that the only person it was destroying was me and that I had to find a way to move forward and to forgive him because constantly holding on to this anger was stealing my own life. But her faith helped her get there. And when this man had nobody and no one, as a family, they decided to be there for the one who wasn't there for them. And maybe today, you recognize in your own life that there are things in your life that you continue to dwell on from the past, and maybe it's time to face letting go. Forget the former things, he says. Do not dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. And here we are in 2022. We're supposed to be looking forward to a new year. I have gotten my shiny new paper planner out and I have been putting in new dates and events on the calendar and I love doing that at the start of the year. And, um, and maybe like me, you find yourself stepping into this new year a little bit cautiously, a little quietly. If you could just maybe put your toes in the water to see how the water is before we go fully into this new year. You know, I thought 2020 was unbelievable. And then 2021 decided to really show out. And then, of course, around us, just in these last few weeks, we're mindful of the disaster that continues to impact our community from all around. Hopkinsville just had yet another tornado impact their community. December wildfires in Colorado that have destroyed countless homes as we pray for yet another disaster just in our own nation. And I know that we are tired of dealing with a pandemic now moving into its third year. As we watch a new variant come across our nation, we're all wondering what this might mean, especially as we look to our beautiful events and dates on our shiny new calendars. But what if, for just a moment, we look back? We're not gonna dwell there for too long, but what if we stop for a moment to look back at our own lives and to ask ourselves how God has carried us through this past year. Just look back on your own life. How has God made a way for you in your own life? How has God provided for you? Maybe it's health, friends to lean on, a new beginning, a second chance, a home you appreciate more than ever, a job to go to and provide for, a church to make a home in, a faith that has helped to sustain you, a smelly hound dog who loves you, family who've seen you at your worst and still yet love you. How has God provided for you in your own life to help carry you through this past year? You know, as a church, I can name countless ways that God has provided for First Christian Church. Financially sustained us through these days, able to take on even new capital projects, sent us caring and faithful, wise leaders for the church at such a time as this, new people finding our community of faith and enriching our community 
People showing up and helping with this disaster, reminding us that we are the church. Just this morning, I had two, I was opening some mail from this past week, and I opened two cards with my name on it, and both of those cards, one from my former congregation in Rockwood, Tennessee, and another from Larry and Marilyn Smith, both letters and checks for the disaster work that they sent our way. God has provided for us in countless ways. I can't even begin to name it all. And even still, even still, knowing that, maybe like me, there's a little hesitation to look ahead too far around the corner on yet another year. I have never been one to make a lot of New Year's resolutions. Who wants to start the year off knowing you've disappointed yourself by January 20th? So I just don't really do it. There's no New Year, New Me proclamations. I don't do any of that. I think if 2022 had a motto, maybe it should be something like, let's just see how this goes, 2022. You know, this week we lost a real saint of the whole Christian community one of my personal heroes, Desmond Tutu, the Archbishop of South Africa and the Anglican Church. I noticed for his wishes, he asked to be, uh, to use a plain wood coffin, the cheapest he had available. They did not want a lavish funeral. But this week I was listening to some interviews that he gave from decades ago. And as I was listening to him talk about his life, I really was truly just overwhelmed again by the sorrow and pain he faced personally and all around him. First as a, as a black man in South Africa fighting for equality in his own nation. Stories of, of hate that wrath he experienced from white Christian leaders in his own nation when he was appointed as the Archbishop of the Anglican Church. And then in his work in 1994 with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that he was appointed to lead by President Mandela, this commission was supposed to be a way towards healing for their nation. People that had uh, perpetrated hate and violent crimes were able to come to this commission and tell their stories in the hopes of receiving some amnesty for their crimes while at the same time victims of such hate and abuse were able for the first time to have a voice and be heard and to hear their story be told. And Archbishop Tutu was there for it all, up close, day in, week out, year after year, hearing these stories of pain and hatred. And during an interview, the interviewer was referencing Desmond Tutu's generally joyful and loving spirit. And he said, I think of you as an optimist. And Tutu stopped him and he said, I'm not an optimist. I'm a prisoner of hope. I'm a prisoner of hope. Now, whether you have New Year's resolutions this year, or you're like me and you just barely want to peek around the corner of this new year, let me offer one resolution, just one, that I think we can all hold to. Hold tight to hope. Our faith compels us to be a people of hope. 
as people of faith in Jesus Christ who has shown us the way, we are a people who believe in the hope of tomorrow, ready to look and see what new thing God is doing. And we know this because we've experienced it in the past. We have seen it in big and small ways, the way God provides for us, the way God makes streams in the desert, the way God makes a path for us through the wilderness, the way God is still at work in our world and in your life too. And it's not being naive. It's not being foolish. It's definitely not optimistic. We are prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. Thanks be to God. <laughs>